The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Say, friend, now I don't mean to pry or even assume anything, because Lord knows that'll make an ass out of both of us. But I couldn't help notice you're out here doing what you can, best you can. And making your way in the apocalypse without a drink. I hear you. A drink's a high five, a pat on the back. Tastes good, makes you feel good. But out here, you don't want to feel good. You need a real drink that'll clean a wound, taste like chaos, and a burn that'll teach you all you need to know about how to survive. Well, this shocking beverage will snap you right back into place no matter how many zombies or clicky mushroom people you had to face today or or how many you lost in the fires when the robots took over. Whatever your scenario, all you need is a shot of Jepson's Malort. With a taste like ground-up mummies and viper piss, this refreshing 70-proof vintage will outlast us all so make friends with the only one that's going to make it out of here alive. Jepson's Malort. The only drink that will still be here. Proud sponsor. <clears throat> Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Your official Birdcast of the Apocalypse. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to shout. Sorry. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Chad. I'm a bird, blah, 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 blah. What? Two bird casts in a row? Yeah, surprise, surprise. If you're listening in the future, uh, there's, I released two episodes today, okay? Because this episode is very special because I got to interview a couple of the kids from Hitch Cocktails. What is Hitch Cocktails? Well, I'm going to tell you, just stop yelling. Just take a minute, relax. Hitch Cocktails is a fully improvised 90-minute comedic thriller in Alfred Hitchcock's style, and they've been around for 10 years, okay? They were a staple of the main stage at the Annoyance Theater and Bar. They've headlined at the Ohio Unscripted Festival. Yeah, what were you doing? They were voted curator's pick for genre at the Chicago Impo- Improv Festival in 2015, and in 2016, when this broadcast started, they were named as the best improv sketch group in the city, according to the Chicago Reader. They taught workshops around the country on genre improvisation. If you want to know more, click the link below. But for now, you're going to get to hang out with a couple of them, because I did, because like I said, this is their 10th anniversary. And are they going to be like, just chilling out, letting it pass? No! They are going to throw a two-day celebration featuring three Hitch Cocktails performances, an Alfred Hitchcock immersive pop-up, a Friday midnight DJ dance party. What, what are you doing on Friday? Several specialty cocktails, including the one we drank on the show. And they're going to have special guests, artistic workshops, collaborations, and much, much more. Audiences, that's you. You can expect masterful improvisation made more challenging by... The real cocktails that, in true 1950s fashion, actors are required to drink in every scene. So, yeah, you heard me right. That's what Hitch Cocktails is. They do a fully improvised murder mystery in Alfred Hitchcock style while getting drunk on stage. It's glorious. So, since they're doing their 10th anniversary, decided to hang out with them and uh, talk murder plots and do some shots. This is the audio version of that. If you would like to see the visual uncut in its entirety... Go to my YouTube. You can see it for free because it's on YouTube, and that's how much I love you. Uh, but if you just want to, like, sit back and, like, cruise to it. Like, let's say you're driving. You're on a road trip. You're like, oh, fuck. I'm not going to get home for at least two weeks. Uh, who knew driving cross-country is going to be so hard? Damn it. I'm out of jerky. Oh, I'm so bad at road snacks. First of all, we have a lot to work on with you. Second of all, don't worry. This is the audio version of it. Now, it might sound a little a little crunchy, a little tip, a little chippy. Like a little dusty, a little bit, like you bit into an old biscuit, but get over it because it's still really fun. And I got to hang out with CJ and Ryan and Paige of Hitch Cocktails, and we um got silly, as you will hear. Uh, sit back, relax, make sure that your vision is not being impeded so that you can stay on the road while uh, I chat with the cast of Hitch Cocktails commemorating their 10th anniversary live in your face yeah, also, yeah, no, it's live, by the way. We live-streamed it, so you're going to hear us talking to, like, the chat every now and then. You're not going crazy. That's what's going on. Anyway, here we are, already in progress. Hey, 
you like me Cause you could go downhill I can't promise that you love me But you probably will From Hitch Cocktails Celebrating 10 years in Chicago <laughs> And we got some of them here <laughs> Redstone says they can hear us I feel like this should be on a t-shirt Just based on the name Because I want a t-shirt that just says Hey, I'm Skip Redstone And I can hear you I think the now is really important Before <laughs> Skip Redstone's heart was not open But yeah. now I feel like Skip got into it Got to know us better um, Hey everybody, welcome to the Birdcast So for those of you wondering what's going on Don't freak out, I'm going to explain uh, we're recording a live broadcast because I haven't been around in a bit, so you guys are going to be really excited because you're going to have like double podcast this week, or excuse me, birdcast. Let's keep it in canon. Um, so that's what's happening. But I figured we go live so we can hang out with these guys because you got a show coming up. Oh, we have many shows coming up. One of them's important. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which. Which one are you and Ryan? <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe two of them. <laughs> yeah, what are they? Uh, we are the cast of Hitchcock Tales. We improvise Hitchcock films while drinking every Friday in Chicago. In fact, we've been doing that every Friday in Chicago at the Annoyance Theater for 10 years. 10-year mark is May 19th and 20th, so they're giving us the, the entire theater for the weekend. Yeah, we're celebrating our 10 years, and we're doing that by going around Chicago and doing a bunch of fun stuff with a bunch of fun Chicago people. Or birds. Thank you. Uh, speaking of birds, Hitchcock made a film called The Birds, and we have a drinking game in our show, uh, such as every time you hear a Hitchcock title, you're supposed to take a drink. Oh, shit. So if your audience would like to participate, if we ever mention a Hitchcock movie title, feel free to take a drink. Cheers. Now you're really roping them in, CJ. Oh, man, everybody shots. And speaking of which, uh, our, one of our events is on that Saturday, the 20th. We'll have a pop-up bar at the Annoyance Theater Hotel Hitchcock, themed after the film and sponsored by Red Bull. Uh, and oh, they no, have given don't, us don't do it. That's going to make me gag. Don't drink yep. that Red Bull. <laughs> no, well, hold on. You don't know what I reach for. <laughs> it could be a delicious bespoke Red Bull uh, cocktail made of Red Bull watermelon called Dial M for Melon. Uh, <laughs> that pun is the proudest thing I've ever created. And I'm a father of a three-year-old. I can smell that through yeah. the screen. How'd it taste? It tastes delightful. It tastes as good as getting away with the perfect crime. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Had that one in the pocket. It's funny that you mentioned this um, this show there, CJ. Yeah, because, it's uh, funny that I mentioned the the show that we're here to plug. Who who would have thunk? CJ, tell me a little bit about this show, or anyone in general, because the only reason I'm going to CJ is that he sent me stuff. CJ is the one who should explain it. CJ, CJ invented it. Oh, yeah. shit. Everybody uh, shut up. <laughs> CJ, go ahead. We're sorry. Okay. Uh, Skip, are you listening? Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, Hitchcock Tales is an improvised show that means we make it up on our off the top of our heads and we do it based on suggestion and then we improvise a full movie it's not like a five minute scene or like a who, who's line game we improvise an hour and a half suspense thriller with a plot and characters and it's based off Hitchcock which makes, means it's based in the 50s, 60s we have the top and old timey slang and we wear really fancy outfits and because it's the 50s everybody's drinking all the time um, we did that to challenge ourselves too, is that we have to set up the plot while we're sober. And then as we get drunk, we get to play in the, the very murderous plot as we get more and more drunk. Um, we've been doing that 10 years. My doctor hates it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm sure you're seeing a medical professional and he's just like, Hey man, just eat salad. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, do you drink? I was like, well, you know, one or two yeah. a week and then heavily on Fridays for <laughs> To, be to feel something of love I, from an audience. I never know how to fill out that part of the questionnaire at the doctor's <laughs> office where it's like, how many drinks do you have on average? And it's like, on average, I think it's a lot. <laughs> I think one time I just wrote, how many are you got? I was just like, what are you buying? Um, and so I've been with this whole time. Uh, Ryan and Paige, uh, well, Paige has been a little, a little while, and then Ryan's a little bit after her. And we're all like the... Yeah, you've been around for a while. That can't possibly be true. Speaking of Hitchcock, yeah. Chad, you know, I've, I've, I'm a fan. I've watched your show. People come Thank on. You. They talk about their favorite things. 
And I thought it'd be fun with all uh, our expertise and people around here if we talked about our favorite uh, murder plots in pop culture. I mean, I'm in. Murder plots in pop culture, like from films or maybe songs, but not like in real life. Because no, I don't no, want to no. get all Ryan Murphy on this podcast. I think it was creepy. Like I was <laughs> 10 minutes into Dahmer. I'm like, why am I watching this? I know. And then there's all those high schoolers singing in like Glee Club. Really yeah. disgusting. Yeah, really intense. <laughs> But I did like Nip Tuck, at least for the first two seasons. I was literally about to say, did we all know Ryan Murphy did Nip Tuck first? Yeah, I dug that He did Nip Tuck first, and then he did Glee. And then he did yeah. Glee. And everyone was cool with it. No one was like, wait, the dude from Nip Tuck wants to hang out with high schoolers? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now we're not going to talk about the perfect murder. We're going to talk more about Ryan Murphy shows. Because... <laughs> It's so weird how the pilot for Glee looks so much more like Freaks and Geeks than what it became. Right? Like it, it has this weird indie vibe. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little more Juno, but then it became more yeah. Schmigadoon. And I was like, yeah. okay, I, I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. Truly I came here him, for a soulful journey. Him selling us on the premise was the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch any of the American Horror Stories? Yeah, it's my favorite yeah. track. Yeah, movie. really? Yeah. What a, it's so trashy. I love it. Yeah, it is. It is. It, 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 I imagine for weird white guys, it's like our soap opera. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> it's Telemundo for incels. Yeah, exactly. Tonight wow. we're talking about we're talking about murder plots, favorite murder plots in pop culture. We're gonna we're gonna do movies. We're not doing real life. We're not doing true crime. Okay. This isn't this isn't a true crime podcast. It's not like it's like oh I love yeah. putting those on and then wondering why I'm doing that, especially when it's a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Like when I'm walking somewhere and it's pretty out, I'm just like it's like and then they found her body beneath the attic stairs, just hiding there for days. And I'm like holy fuck, man! It's two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Also, that's intense. It's always so. It's always such a pain in the ass when the bodies hide themselves. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> such a. That sucks. I hate it. It's why they're. It's why they're always in shallow graves. Is because corpses are so lazy. <laughs> they don't want to dig. Um. All right. So what? Is, like, let's go with Paige. What do you think is like one of the best murder plots in pop culture? Um. I mean, wait. They're... Addendum. Are we talking like? Are we thinking like the scheme is good? Or the movie or music or TV. I would just say, like, you could separate the scheme from the quality of the film or book okay. or anything you want. Or you can just talk about how it plays. My, my tactic is going to be, and then I will explain how I would use it in my day-to-day -day life oh, and why it's so flawless. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Ooh, that's is dark, yours. CJ. I was just going to – I yeah. I honestly had a hard time thinking about murder plots that I was, like, really into. Yeah, and very far away from thinking, how would I apply this right. strategy I mean, in my life? And we thank Chad, you. Yeah, we thank Chad, you for your moral candor. Chad literally <laughs> said, "No real life murders," and you said, "Because it's so." Oh man, I have those moods though, where I'm just like, I have to watch the worst story ever documentary. It's like, oh man, I want to watch something that's just deep and fucked up. I was thinking about this. Uh, there's a lot of different things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites, not serious, very fun, is uh, I just love Horrible Bosses. Yeah, That was maybe one of the hardest times I've ever laughed in the movie theater. Yeah, Just like watching something for the first time. I don't know why it tickled me so, but I loved, especially when they were trying to fuck around with the cocaine mm -hmm. to, to kill Colin Farrell, who does a great job in the movie. Um, Colin Farrell always brings it. You, he you always brings watching it. me, anyone who's been on the show, you know this uh, in the comment, you know I'm a Colin Farrell stan. You know I am yes. a Farrell stan. I think if you're not a Colin Farrell stan, something's wrong with you, because that man Seriously. oozes charm. Yep. He just like... Mm -hmm. That He's Irish the only term. one in the Batman that understood the assignment. I would agree. That, like, I actually read the script and was like, oh, so like this, huh? Everybody else is like, no, man, no, you got to keep it. It's like, no, 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 you got to talk like this. Also, <laughs> it's the bat. Oh, man, it's the bat. I'm the penguin. Yeah, he's the only one that remembered that the Batman was a comic. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is uh, Paul Dano Erasure, and I'm not going to stand for it. <laughs> Honestly, that's so true. Because that man went 200 degrees into the comic territory. I wanted to jump through the te- like through the movie screen and grab Paul Dano and hug him and be like, dude, you don't have to go that hard. You're like <laughs> Phil, Phil Collins and Tarzan. You're going too hard, man. You don't. You can just bring it back. Just bring it back. Um, yeah, anyways, I like the horrible bosses. That that plot is one of my favorites because it's got a little bit of that, um, like I'll do my murder if you do my your murder kind yeah, of thing. Strangers on a train. Everyone exactly. shoot! I saw you thinking that, CJ. I saw your wheels yeah. turning. Wanted to wanted to set y'all up for a little drinky drink. Thank you. <laughs> How yeah. are you feeling, CJ? You've had about you know, three at this point. It's yeah, it's great. I'm shooting. It's, it's a cocktail that I'm shooting, so I've had probably about one full one right now. And I was gonna I say, say that's that a testament to the drink, though. And that is that, twenty minutes in. <laughs> that's that's dial M for melon, man. It it it, <laughs> it peps you up at the same time it takes it down. You know. Now, can you have those drinks at your show, CJ? Yeah, well, the Island from Melon will be uh, available at the anniversary weekend. We'll have a couple of special cocktails. This is the only one prepared because Red Bulls are only sponsor so far. Any sponsors in the chat? You heard that, right? Yeah. The chat's like, we don't have money. We're watching this for free. My, one of my favorite plots is uh, I really was I was thinking a lot about this when CJ texted us about it. I was thinking a lot about how much I love the movie Seven still and having. I was going to bring out Seven. Okay, it's yours. Thematic murders it. is the oh, movie thematic movie. murders. Yeah, I just love that movie. It's just so cool to have that be the reason. Uh, we taught we watched it not too long ago, my wife and I, and then we we taught our daughter to walk into a room and go detective. <laughs> <laughs> His daughter's two, by the way. So. Excellent. Yeah, our daughter's two and a half. She would walk in the room just <laughs> covered in ketchup. <laughs> Man, TikTok that. Just you know real. <laughs> Ryan, I, I'm willing to 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 up yours. Uh, I Speaking of your butt. <laughs> the idea of thematic murders, but thematic murders uh, to cover a clever murder. Uh, the ABC Murders by Agatha Christie. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, does, does, does anybody know this? It is the idea that somebody wants to kill somebody that has double initials CC. So what they do is they kill somebody with the initials AA and somebody with the initials BB. And so and then they leave an uh, ABC train guide. And so it looks just like a random serial killer and hides the one that actually had a motivated killing behind it. So the idea, if you want to do like a real big thematic murder, just figure out who you want to kill and then figure out an aspect of their personality or being, and then just theme it off that. So let's say I wanted to kill in, the, in uh, that, in that murder sequence, like Zeke Xander is like, well, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got a while. They're hanging out with like Yanni young and just being like, we're cool. Right. I think that's when they're all like watching Ryan Reynolds and just like, he's our canary in the coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, if it okay. makes it. I was gonna say, like, let's say that, like, I want to kill somebody. Oh, let's say Ryan Ben. Uh, the, I would then find other people with two first names, like Caleb George or Peter Corey, <laughs> 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 and I just like leave two double high my name is a name tags at the the scene of the crime. I feel like the uh, killer would skip Tony Todd because yeah, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. Man, I'm gonna leave Candyman mm-hmm. alone. Dum doo CJ, what's one of yours? Like, I feel like you have a fucking deep knowledge of this stuff, which is both creepy and hilarious. I said the the ABC murder to to steal Ryan's, but I was also thinking the last of Sheila. Like, all mine are very old. Last of Sheila's a seventies movie, although big inspiration for Glass Onion, if you saw it, where it's a bunch of rich people who go to a place to play like a murder mystery game, and somebody ends up dead. And I always think that's like a really good idea. Is if you kill somebody in a murder mystery thing, there's already so many clues around that aren't real that you know you kind of can lose yourself in the narrative. And I think like the modern equivalent of this, because once again, I want to make this practical application that your audience can use. <laughs> it's like I feel yeah, like we need you, to plan a murder. Right. I feel like if you killed somebody in an escape room that you could get away that you were just confused. <laughs> like, I, I, you so, okay, perfect murder place, haunted house. Right. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. A werewolf was attacking me. You know, like you just you take a friend, you you, you put a stake in his heart, you dress him like a vampire, 
and claim uh, self-defense, you know? Right. See, I, I would kill somebody in an underground organ dealership because you already okay. have all the organs out and all the dead bodies out and stuff. So if you were yeah. to kill somebody there, you know what I mean? Ryan, what's, what's your favorite underground <laughs> I love that organ you were like, you know what I mean? And all of us were like, no. Um, this is not an actual murder plot. It sort of is, but it's uh, it's not really uh it's in the realm of fantasy kind of okay but the lovely bones yeah i think about the lovely bones constantly because the sort of uh dark uh murder that happens is that she she thinks about or her sister gets an assignment of like how would you kill someone and get away with it Mm -hmm. and I'm going to spoil the Lovely Bones for everyone right now. Guys, right. spoiler um, alert for the Lovely Bones. Spoiler alert for the Lovely Bones. It's been out for Almost a decade years. in the making. <laughs> like, more than that. Spoiler um, alert. No, it's got to be. It's like, what, 15 years ago? It's a great <laughs> book. It's a great book. And honestly, the movie was kind of cool, too. But she, her sister thinks of a murder. The, the, the narrator is murdered by yeah. a creep in like a true crime scenario. Oh, Ryan That's how her, creepy he is. It's a fucking the Stanley they put the Tucci. in that killer role. That's how good he is. He can That's be. How great he he is. can be in Except the Devil Wears Prada. Can't handle the way him. he says risotto. Mm. It pisses me off because <laughs> he's always just like, "Oh, hello, welcome to my it kitchen. I'm making a risotto," and you're like, "Oh, fuck you, Stan. Your name is Stan." Um, but that murder is with the sister decides the murder that would best work would be to kill someone with an icicle. Mm-hmm. Because you could never prove it with fingerprints. Yeah, and, and that's, that's so how... old school, though. That's like the old, like the oldest. Like, all right, there was a body found. It was wet everywhere. What happened? And you're like, why are we talking about this? It's lunchtime. Because <laughs> I remember those days. Those riddles. That but that's what I think about when I think about the yeah. perfect murder. That's kind of yeah. the only thing that occupies my brain. I think maybe I read The Lovely Bones too young, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's the icicle. It it's just like a it's, trauma response. It's just like the ur text for you of murder. Oh, you mean like an icicle murder? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what we meant. Yeah. One of the that's one of the Hitchcock things, right? Is I like think, yeah. in a plot vein. the perfect murder, and so right. whenever we talk about it, the first thing I think of is the Lovely Bones, and then I go, No, wait. This is probably not about the Lovely Bones. This might be about Alfred Hitchcock. Nice. Man, <laughs> not uh, to tease it. Poker Face one up that by using a stick of dry ice, so it yep. didn't even leave a puddle of water behind as a clue. Yep, that's exactly like that's a hundred percent what I was thinking when that moment happened. I was like, "Ah, oh, it's better than the icicle." They read their <laughs> history. That's modern technology, right there, baby. CJ, what do you think right now? The best, um, like mystery writers out there, because like mystery is not a popular genre as much as it used. Because we have all that true, you know, cr- true crime and documentaries. Yeah. We're getting back into it, uh, man. I don't have the author on me. I just read the Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, and that was really good. But that's a ground. That's a murder mystery set in Groundhog's Day. Where, oh, wow. cool. yeah, so it's a guy who's like in a murder mystery novel, cool. but then well he done. dies. And when he wakes up, he's a different character at the estate. So every time he dies, he comes back as a different character. So he can look at the murders from a different perspective. And it has a wild ending. Oh, cool. <laughs> Thank you, first off, for not spoiling it. I was afraid. You're yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm like, shut up. Now I want to read it. That book is too recent. And I, you get out and read. Um, the other think, one that's recent is The Plot by Gene yeah. Huff. Corlitz, have you read that one yet, CJ? No, it's I great. It's of... about it's about an author who steals the plot of a murder mystery from one of his students, mm-hmm. who then ends up mysteriously dead. Whoa! I was about to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna run off. Wait, Ben, was it the principal? Right, was it the principal? Wait, just wink if it was the principal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, Hanging out. Here we go. Hey, what's going on? We got dumb idiot in the room. We got Mappernomicons here. Hello, new name. Good to see you. Um, yeah, I just... take a moment to be like, hey, you guys are pretty. I do love there... this one though. The perfect, the perfect murder would be. Wait, come up. Oh, it's so slow. I'm so oh. cool. slow. This perfect job if you the air ducts would dry ice. Interesting. Yeah. I read the, I have it right here, the Eight Perfect Murders. It's a it's a novel about somebody who compiles a list of their eight favorite murders from literature. 
and then starts to be accused of it when people start dying via those methods. Oh, um, nice. It's okay. It's it's a little pulpy if you like like pulp fiction, not the movie, but the thing. But it did list uh we mentioned two of them, ABC Murders and Strangers on a Train. But it also did The Secret History by Donna Tart, which I just read. That's great. Uh, yeah. And The Red House Mystery by A. M. A. Milne, the author of uh Winnie the Pooh did a Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Holy fuck. Has, uh which is a really the Red House Mystery is a really clever murder. It's very old. Can I spoil that? It's from like I mean, 19, it's old. Page 15. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, the plot is this guy, a rich guy of the state, has his brother, his mysterious brother from Australia appears and just like insults everybody. And he's like this big, rough Australian. He goes upstairs. Everybody hears him and the brother have a fight. And then the Australian is dead. And they're and then the brother like the, it was the brother. Nailed the estate it. Guy. Yeah. The estate guy, he, he like run, he makes a run for it. Like he runs out the window. And now they're all like hunting him down and never trying to figure out what happened. The the reveal is that the whatever the, some other guy at the estate, these are like rich weirdos who play practical jokes on each other. So the the guy, the Australian brother was not real. That was actually the guy who owns the estate, and he was there to like play a trick on people. Nice. Like be like, you have to spend a weekend with my drunken, awful brother. <laughs> and some guy wanted to kill him. So he go he's you know he goes away till he's alone and he kills him and frames himself for his own murder. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Did you guys ever see the game with Michael Oh Dowling? yeah. I feel like there's a certain person that knows that movie and just goes, fuck yeah, that movie. And then a certain person that goes, wait, what? It's like it it was like it was David Fincher's follow-up to seven. Mm-hmm. And it's a good mystery. It's not a murder mystery, it doesn't count for shots. I'm just saying, yeah. but it's a good movie and it holds up. Um, another movie I love, sorry, Ryan, I know you haven't gotten to go yet, but um, I love um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Nice. The perfect crime. <laughs> Dip. The perfect crime. That's a good perfect just crime. erase the existence of this thing. That's impressive. That's a good I, one. And what a fucked up crime, too, because. Doom, to, all right, spoilers for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Wait, well, no. Doom being a tune, murdering mm-hmm. his own kind, is a perfect yeah. murder. That's fucked yeah. up and strange. Like, I loved it. And and it's and like not to get too deep and too political and all the brief, but the overall like cleverness of this is blame the murder on a marginalized individual, mm-hmm. right? Because like in there, the tunes are like kind of the, the lower class citizens, and that is just like. Well, of course, a tune would do something this insane. <laughs> because, and that's the irony of it, because yeah. it actually was a yeah. tune that did this kind of thing. Yeah, but it, it and that's actual it. irony. Yeah, I know it, because it, I've spent my life learning what irony is. Because <laughs> no one will tell me. Somebody uh, yeah. just said, "Yeah, God, friend." No, I was just gonna say I've actually never seen that movie. <gasps> what? <laughs> Ryan, we'll watch Ryan. it. One of my favorites. I've never seen. It. I, think I, I think it's top five greatest screenplays of all time. I do think it's very funny somebody to come onto this podcast and chat and be like, uh, the best pop culture murders. Well, there's no way they're going to spoil uh, Roger Rabbit. Captain <laughs> 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 Kelly's got this. a good point. The novel uh, is way different. The, no- yeah. the original title is like, who like who put up the cuffs on Roger Rabbit? It's yeah, a different name. It did. What was it? And I know this- Dowd or something like that. <laughs> it's true, I- though, Ryan. You haven't seen it. I don't know. I don't you know. You don't know. I- yeah, that could have been dark, man. You could have laughed at something really fucking dark. He's jumping in there with giggles. I this first of Sorry. all, my the only version of this movie I have seen is Who Rubbed Off with <laughs> with great interest, Roger Rabbit. That's the one I saw. That's that's the undisputed great. classic. Ryan, now I think another shot. That's a classic Hitchcock film title, and you know that it. is. <laughs> The way I would kill somebody, if it was up to me, is I would mayor of Easttown them. And what I mean by that is I would get a kid to accidentally kill them for me. So it's not really an accident. I want you to know. I want you to know, Ryan. That exact plan is Scar from The Lion King. Good point. <laughs> he tried, though. It yeah. didn't work out. 
<laughs> because exactly. people, people don't want to, you know, we live in a culture where for some reason we don't want to put kids in jail. And so I just well, feel yeah. like we, that is like the perfect way to, to get away with this is have a child do it for you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what Scar does. He has the kid Laura Mufasa down to the thing. And then he has the kid right to rap because kids are dumb. And you can be like, you murdered this man. And they'll believe you. I would go, okay, I think perfect murder is any kind of demonic shit. So like okay. Evil Dead, perfect murder. Mm -hmm. Leave a book in a room for some hipsters who don't know fucking better, <laughs> who are just like, yeah, man, I should read this because I'm crazy and high and I hate my parents. And then they do, and they get it out there, everyone goes down. Fucking what's, really nice, what's really nice about that is even if they are like Ash or the final girl and they like make it through it, you could just kill them and then they'll just get swept up with the rest of the demonic, you know, like. Right. They won't, they won't count body parts after a certain number. Yeah, when you walk into a room that's been demoned, you're like, I don't know if we want to do inventory right now. I need to go home <laughs> and call my mom. Dumb idiot says the icicle is the perfect murder weapon though. Yeah. Bringing it back. Just saying. Not what um, I thought the Iceman Cometh was about, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I think if you want to watch uh, perfect murder content, if you if you just throw on an SVU marathon, mm -hmm. especially those earlier seasons, they were always writing ones where, and this is perfect murder in a different way because it's people who are getting away with shit by mm -hmm. like circumventing the law, but they still yeah. commit murder and like do fucked yeah. up shit all the time. So that might like, be kind of a fun way to do it. All those like, procedurals. Smarter. Luther was another one. Yeah, it's like really messed up murders and home invasion shit. Where you're like, Idris Alba's gonna, we're gonna be fine. And then that episode starts, you're like, fuck, now I'm scared to sleep. Thank you, Idris. And he's like, yeah, Listen, mate. High five. This, this takes me to a really trench and social satire, and that's going to be uh, an episode of Monk. Oh, uh, wow. Did not expect a Monk pull. One of my favorite murder plots is that a, a kid jumps out of a plane and uh, hits the ground and dies, but then when they do an autopsy, they find out he drowned. Uh, and it's like, how did this happen? Uh, spoiler for Monk, uh, it, it turns out the, the coroner was trying to lure Monk down to their city, so he created the most impossible murder possible because these parents are solving them. But this gets me to the point of, like, when you want to get away with a murder, people always think you have to, you have to bribe the cops, you have to bribe the lawyers. I'm like, morgue attendants are probably very poorly paid. And High up look, on your list should be the just person make that it handles the like body. A, just make it look like a tiger attack or they got hit by an anvil or something. Just really make this a confusing death. Hit by an anvil, <laughs> very bringing it back to who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There must be something weird happening in this town because we've had like 8,000 tiger attacks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? How many people could be murdered by Panther? <laughs> the corner says, says. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know who did it, but whoever did it did it great. Fuck you, Tony. <laughs> Going to jail. What about um okay, perfect murders? What do does it have to be perfect? Like good ideas that went fucking terrible. That, that's a good one. Like what 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 what's one in a, a movie book or something but like that was a good idea. You just did it wrong or something. You just did it poorly. <laughs> Um, like knives out. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah. glass onion. I mean, was a really good idea, but he just did it poorly. Yeah. Did uh? Did anyone I see? I just think it's really, really hard to do this stuff. <laughs> well, that's my point. Like his whole thing was like, I'm gonna. Like, he came up with it in the moment, and yeah. like I think that's what's cool. Is it like, well, I got everybody here, and I'm a billionaire, and I can do whatever I want. Plus, I'm faking a murder. Oh man, I could just kill somebody. Like, I mean, I hear you, man. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes at parties. What were you going to say, Paige? <laughs> Paige. Um, no, I was just thinking that Chad just said, I think about, like, I empathize with mm -hmm. Ed Norton. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like good. myself for it. I'm not happy to have had that moment. But if I was a billionaire. If I was a I billionaire and you guys were just like dongs, and I was like, ah, these guys suck. All right, we're done. You're like you're like uh, Will Graham and Hannibal. Is like you, you solve the murder by empathizing with the serial killer. And yeah, and, but except it's mine is Ed Norian, which is yeah, so yeah. much lamer. Like you can understand like Mads Mikkelsen or or like Anthony Hopkins or Brian Cox. I love Ed Norton. Me too. I kind of miss I'm, him being around. I'm a huge sympathizer. You're a huge sympathizer. <laughs> I'm a huge a sympathizer. In this day and age. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, this is what I was gonna say. Did anyone see Deep Water, the Ben Affleck movie, Anna de Armas? Yes. Vehicle. Do you know that's written by the same woman who wrote *Strangers on a Train*? The original the *Strangers on a Train*. Yeah, the book. It's an old book. It's an it's an wow. adaptation of an old book and author. Also, CJ well, do shot. All right, I think uh, Chicago local Tracy Letts, uh, I think he did the treatment for okay. the movie. And he's in that it, That doesn't too. surprise me at all. I feel like he's Tracy Letts too. is just hanging outside of libraries. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. Do it. Adapt it. Let's go. Let's go. I'm here. I <laughs> nailed it. Mine. He really does. He's such a talent. He's a, what is he, a playwright first, and then yeah. an actor, and then a yeah. screenwriter? <laughs> He does a great job in this movie. And There's then a, a heartthrob. I was going to say heartthrob Tracy Letts. Very, so hot. No, <laughs> Library no. Weekly's sexiest man alive. He's so the, learned. The most fuckable guy on the planet, Tracy Letts. Oh, I, oh, oh. I'd let him do anything to me. Hey! Oh, you have to do a shot. All right, all right, all right. Hold on, I got to make another one. I think the best murders are when you get the person you want to murder to kill themselves. Yeah, that's really good one. You got a Hannibal. Hannibal talk yeah, up you got to yeah. have like a Hannibal on you. You got to mm-hmm. summon a Hannibal. You have to yeah. roll Hannibal. Exactly. I, but I also think there's a murder in there that's really – no, no, no muss, no fuss. Just bang somebody's head in a swimming pool, walk into the party, and pretend like you were there for 15 minutes. You know, like <laughs> – Go to a party where everybody's drunk and high, murder who you want, and then just start like gaslighting the entire party that you were not outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I thought Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was a scary. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like solid movie, I did not expect to work at all. Absolutely yeah. did. But the reason I was nervous the whole time was because like yeah, it was pretty like standard horror tropes. But I kept thinking all these kids have trust funds. Yeah. I was like, every single one of these kids could murder me. It's like Long Island. That's why I will never go there. Tracy, let's please come on the broadcast. Uh, uh, I, do, I do want to quickly say, I, I, I want to make sure I was right. Yeah, it is uh, Patricia Highsmith, the author of Change on the Train, also wrote Deep Water. Do another show. And an- uh, another uh, classic thriller she wrote, Am I Know? That's a movie that stars not Ben Affleck, but his BFF. Oh, Talented Mr. Ripley? She wrote Tom and Mr. Ripley. Whoa! Whoa! That's dope. She's Which also up. pretty good murder of killing somebody and then becoming them. And then pretending <laughs> to be them because rich people don't give a shit. Yeah, it's like exactly. American psycho style. It's like, I don't remember who you are. You all look the same to me. Right. And and his talent the whole time was looking kind of like Jude Law. Yeah, that was talent. His talent the whole talent. movie was you like could, I, I could passably look like this other really handsome guy. You could you could you could build a career off that talent. Yeah, I feel I, like I, I can't, but some other people could. Because people are like, oh, is it that hard? I'm like, yeah, you look like Jude Law. Go right now. No, I think not I'm gonna. It. I think I'm gonna kill. No, I'm not nailing it. Do I'm going to kill Tracy Lutz and then I'm going to just like set up shop outside of a couple of public <laughs> libraries and just like, like do lemons on my nipples and just like do that whole thing. <laughs> lemons on your nipples? I don't know what sexy people do, Paige. Okay. So just give me a <laughs> wow. little bit of rope here. Okay. Kind of oh, no, he's in a rope. Ryan? <laughs> well, this escalated quickly. Ryan, so. Hold on. Porn. Ryan, Ryan just said rope. Oh, damn it, everybody. I got to slow down. Thanks, Brian. Oh. <laughs> um, question about the talented Mr. Ripley. Wasn't that didn't that come out and then the prestige came out immediately after? I, I thought think, it and went I feel like the same by, plot. By no, 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 no. Because the illusionist and the prestige at the same time had a deep saying. impact in oh. Armageddon at the same time. I'm about to say talented Mr. Ripley also and Prestige are what, like eight years apart? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I said no, no <laughs> Uh, but that's also a good murder, right? Isn't that a murder plot? Yeah. The the prestige? The prestige with uh two two Christian Bales. Yeah. To be honest, TB TBH, it's the perfect murder because you're killing your clone. Who's yeah. gonna say anything? Is that even a crime? Is that even murder? I don't like, think so it is. <laughs> well, interesting. Well, young the- dude was pretty hollow, apparently. He found some depth. Wow, there's a lot to say about the Jula. I, don't, I mean, I don't think you're talking about Jude Law. I think they're talking about the guy he played. Oh. What was his name again? Richie 
Snacks. What was his name? Richie Ripley. He's Richie Ripley. The, uh... No, no, that's <laughs> Matt Damon. He's the oh. talented one. Oh. Jude Law was a uh, money, money sexy, money McSexy. Money McSexy. Richie Ripley's uh, kind of, uh, he's a little scared about that ABC murder. The ABC killer, he's on the way. Just I and Quentin That's the part Quigley. of the movie they didn't tell you about. That's just going like on. Just like I and Quentin Quigley, just like, hmm, who's next? <laughs> Speaking of Stanley Kubrick, uh, the t- talented Mr. Rippling, that does work because there's a famous story about a British guy who when uh, Stanley Kubrick was in London filming um, Eyes Wide Shut, would just go around to bars saying that he was Stanley Kubrick to get free drinks. <laughs> and everybody fell for it. And he knew nothing about the movies, but it is just that idea of like, just pick a famous person you think not a lot of people know what they look like and claim to, like all of us could claim to be Aaron Sorkin right now. And I think we could get away with it. <laughs> Uh, I love that Tony Hawk was was uh, stopped at security because they didn't think he was Tony yeah. Hawk. That story, that's excellent. Because he was like, <laughs> yeah, it's me. And they're like, no, it isn't. He's like, no, it's me. I'm Tony Hawk. No, you're not. No, I am. We just, we just happen to have this half pipe right here. And if you're... The- <laughs> <laughs> if you're not the real Tony Hawk, there's no way you're going to be able to grind these rails. And then he says, like, that's a Cinnabon. It's like, okay, you didn't yeah. fall for it. You, you're Tony Hawk. <laughs> Touche, Tony Hawk. <laughs> I have one. I have one. I've, this one, one of the eight perfect murders. Uh, anyway, it's in Death Trap. Death Trap. Is that the CD game from, like, Sega CD? I mean, probably, but not at all what I'm talking about. <laughs> Maybe. It's a pretty generic name. You could have said it's also an energy drink who's not sponsoring us. We're sponsored by Delicious Red Bull. Anyway. You're sponsored by Red Bull. I'm sponsored by Malort. In Death Trap, though, uh, there's two murders. And one murder, though, is just scaring somebody to death. Um, oh, interesting. Oh, like House I, on Haunted Hill, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty good. But it's just like the idea. I think what people don't realize, don't take advantage of, is how scary two a.m. is. Like the movie two a.m. No, just the time. Like oh, the time um, itself. It's just like you know, like it, during the day, I'm pretty skeptical and like I'm not not hugely in supernatural or anything. But if you wake me up at two a.m. and say there's a ghost outside, I'm like probably you know probably. like I'm afraid of everything. And in uh in in what? in. In, in that example, CJ, you get a warning about it. So why is it so scary? <laughs> because it's so hey, scary. Hey, CJ, wake now, up. Hey, now that you're awake, there is a ghost. There's a ghost. Right. I'm about to, I'm about to I, go through death trap and just being like, I'm willing to believe anything at that hour. You, you psych me up with that. I have to go walk to the house and investigate it. And then if I see a ghost, heart attack. I think we should do. I think we should do a. We should do a scary movie where I burst into rooms before the actual scare happens and warn people about the scare. Yes. Why well, don't go in there? Yeah, that's called the score of the movie, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear some synth music in a John Carpenter film, hint something scary is about to happen. What about any murder where the murderer trains a, a group of animals to do yeah. the murder? Yeah, that's a good murder too. Hey, hey, not to, not to spite, but there's an episode yeah. of Monk where oh, more hot the monk where, where uh, somebody there's like a there's like here a dog in the house we stand the schlub. There's there's a dog in the neighborhood who's who's known for being a troublemaker and like breaking out of his yard. So the murderer gets a cast of that dog's teeth what? and then just uses that to kill somebody and frame the dog. Nice. The mistake, the mistake they made is that the, in getting the cast, the, the mold was toxic and killed the dog. And he actually committed the murder after the dog was dead. And so everybody like, it's like a hound of the Baskervilles. It's like, did a dead dog kill this person? Whoa, that's dope though. <laughs> If, if I could possibly hype our show again, Hitchcocktails like they came about because in st- when we were putting the show together and we're like, we're going to improvise Hitchcock films, we were watching these movies and we're like, these people are, are drinking all the time. Uh, this would be the third time I mentioned this film, but in Strangers on the Train, hold on. There's a scene where Pat Hitchcock, where they're doing like a lot of exposition, 
And she just, it's the middle of the night. Guy comes in, has to tell him that somebody died. And she just starts wordlessly handing out drinks to everybody who were asleep 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and like, there's no asking anybody if they want a drink. She just starts making stuff and handing it to them. But CJ, CJ, there's a cut scene from that movie where I walked around and told everyone that they were going to get offered a drink when they got into that other room. Ryan? <laughs> Ryan? I woke what? them all up and said, you're about to have a drink. You know what's a good murder done poorly um <laughs> the first the first uh scream right uh, they should have gotten away with it because because people forget a the idea of that it's two guys very clever and it's like a good way to make it like how does the murderer move from place to place great that's the cleverest part of scream and then the other thing though is if you remember that their plan was to frame sydney's father and what's really clever about that is that they were they were planting the seeds at the local video store. Like they were spreading gossip uh, 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 throughout the town. It's like that small town of like using gossip against them. The problem is they are idiots and they do it in the worst way possible of like spreading gossip. But to be yeah. like a teenager who spreads gossip about adults is like in a small town. It's like a really clever way to like build a back. I think all of those movies are great. I think Scream is one of the few franchises that has a perfect execution. Like some of them get so cheesy, but they know yeah. it and they lean into how cheesy it is. That last one was dope. Scream 6 is dope, by the way. I like Scream 5 better than Scream 6. And I'm, I, I, I hear I'm in the minority there. I think they're like, I, that to me, the Scream franchise already said how cheesy and it's so self-referential and cheesy yeah. anyway, that they've like guaranteed that I'm going to like, like Fast and Furious. Yep. They guarantee oh, yeah. I'm going to see all of them. I want you to know, like, I don't go to the movies very often. I, I have a kid now. I feel right. I went to see five and six in theater by myself when I during my kid's nap time. Nice. And both times, excellent theater experience with people totally <laughs> into it. Yeah, it's and always going blast. crazy. Like just having a great time. So yeah, uh, Atticus says I think the Who Done It in Sleepaway Camp was pretty obvious, but how they handed it was really well. Oh done. yeah, you know, yeah, Sleepaway yeah. Camp's pretty solid. Little little spookums. Yeah, we it, go to CJ. Little... Not to go back too too far, but. Yeah. In that episode of Monk, yeah. did someone... <laughs> Name any, did any episode someone... of Monk. <laughs> I'll take yeah. things I didn't expect to be talking about for a million, Alex. In that one with... Is the... that, oh, wait, what's the about that episode of Monk? But that episode of Monk. But that one with the with, with the dog, yeah. did that guy walk around the town being like, I think this dog's going to bite and kill someone? Like, did he spread that gossip to help No. That would be better. amazing. Hey, guys, <laughs> watch out. There's a crazy-ass dog in the hood. Anyway, like, that dog was all, laughing about it. That dog already had a bad reputation of escaping the yard and running around. And, like, I think <laughs> I think he did make a one like, hey, your dog bit me. You know, like, oh, and he was gonna, nice. like, I'm going to sue her. You know, like... That dog See, I would have the, the way I would have done is I would have been like you know uh, once a dog gets out of a yard it's like that and then before you know it it's ripping out people's throats right. and that's what I would have walked around town saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> I saw I saw that dog at the racetrack tearing up a ticket I don't think he has anything left to lose I think he broke <laughs> and he owes money to a lot of people yes yeah, somebody give that dog a ride home it's yeah. drunk. That dog's divorce is not going as well. It's not going away. well. No one's you know? winning in that divorce. <laughs> She's already <laughs> dating someone else. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's a human, and they are they fuck all the time. I'm so sorry, well, Ryan. Ryan. Get to bestiality, Ryan. Ryan. It's just a straight line to bestiality with you. Guys. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I yeah, am thinking of another that. perfect murder plot: the cask of Amontillado. Yeah, one of one of the most classic short stories of all time. Yep, that I read in the seventh grade. That's a great murder. You just get a yeah. guy really drunk and then brick him up in the wall. It <laughs> is, it is underestimated getting your victim really drunk and just help having them help you commit their murder. Could you I walk mean, it's your very, way? It's very date rapey. I'll yeah. say that. Well, that that's is, true. That I'm is yucca. <laughs> but that's. I did, I'm only using this on a business partner of which I need to disappear. You know, like, don't. <laughs> There's, somebody said Sweeney Todd because you get rid of the victims and pies. But I feel like, you know. That clearly didn't get, work out very well. Yeah, and the cops just get a hold of one leftover, you know, like, and run test on it. Well, nowadays. Yeah. In Sweeney Todd, they would get a hold of the pie and they'd go, why is this so tasty? <laughs> <laughs> 
weirdly tasty. Has I anybody been watching um, Yellow Jackets? Has anybody been like, uh, jamming on that show? I was, I'm trying to remember it's what's so much the fun. name of the brain disease you get from eating people. Kudu. Thank you. Kudu? Have that at the ready. Woo! Woo! Yeah. I was about kudu. to say, the outbreak of kudu in kudu. this time would be troubling. K-U-R-U, not kudu. Kudu. It's kudu. kudu. That's what I think the whole plot of Yellow Jackets is going to end up becoming. Yeah. They're all fucking nuts because they ate people. That's a that's that really yeah. That's, that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's Otherwise, why. they would have had a fine life. If I had had a happy time, it would have been uh, a fucking vacation. If if you got that just from like a little a little tiny bite, I love that Ryan came at that like he was worried because he accidentally <laughs> like he tried a person. Well, that's kind of person. He tried it. He's like, well, hey guys, you can't really just get that from like eating a finger, right? Like, yeah, like you gotta if, eat the what, whole person, right? Because like, what if you like tripped and fell and ate one of your own thumbs? Like, then <laughs> would you get it? No, it's your own thumb. <laughs> okay, okay, it has to be someone else's thumb. Yeah, Got it has it. to be other thumb. But that, I mean, that would be such a bummer if all it took was just a little nib on somebody else. I love else. how nervous you are about yeah. it. You absolutely have a look of somebody that tried someone. I'm just, you. but we're positive it has to be I'm a lot. I'm just saying, why are we so mad at Army Hammer? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying wondering. This, I don't know how to say his name, but Ryan has the energy of Chris Diella when they found out that screenshot can be saved on, on that live stream. <laughs> When he's like, wait, wait, how did they get the Snapchat? Like, well, yeah, you just take a screen cap of it. And he just gets like that nervous look in your eye. <laughs> Ryan's like, what, like even like a small piece of human? If you just eat yeah, it, like, that's what not if fair. you accidentally like didn't know you were eating a person, then you like totally sent it back. It was like, no way, man, I'm not about right. that life. Or like, what if you had it and, and you made a big show out of, I don't really like this. I'm going to finish it because it's the plight. Because it's too. polite, right. <laughs> but I don't like this at all. Like, 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 hey guys, hypothetically, hear me out. What if you were like lying down and you accidentally swallowed a tooth? Oh, like, okay. Can I get sick from that? Yeah. because I It or wasn't like, my tooth. <laughs> oh, just because I accidentally fell wrong and ate somebody's pinky. Now I have to be a Wendigo. That's fair. <laughs> Best murder weapon? Uh, piano on the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you really, you're not getting up from that. Drop piano the piano on the head. 100%. So they're too, bu- they're too busy laughing to help the victim. Yeah, anyone around you, any cop around you is like, oh my God. Can't no way. It's like, it's like, Barry, we should go over there. Yeah, I know. Just a minute. I just need to take a minute. No way. Because that dude's gone. There's no way. We don't need, we're not in a time crunch here. He's gone. The whoever you killed is gone, and they're also their head pops out of the top of the piano, and their teeth have become piano keys. <laughs> okay, so hear me out. That's the worst thing is he has an, op- he has an Not open casket. <laughs> you can't, you can't aim for piano key face. It's just going to naturally happen. CJ, perfect murder weapon. Uh time. <laughs> I knew you were going like to be like, I don't know, love. <laughs> uh, why? 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 She kills me every time. Uh, uh, yeah, um, time is a perfect murder weapon because you can't stop it. It's inevitable. And in the end, it takes all and leaves nothing on the mm-hmm. fucking table, man. Thank you, Tolkien. Yeah. Tolkien knew how to murder people. And that was long winded <laughs> stories. Ryan. Oh, I weapon. I, I think a gun that shot knives covered in poison. That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, when you absolutely have to How get the job How fucking badass done. would that be if you had a gun and it shot fucking knives and like <laughs> and the knives like spit poison. The knives have little mouths and they spit poison. That would be cool. Demon, or, or, demon no, no, it's gun. snakes. It's a gun that shoots snakes. It's snakes. snakes. Guys, the perfect nice. murder weapon is snakes. The they already exist. They're out snakes. there right now plotting your doom. Yep. Wait, I, are you saying I, a snake gun is the best murder weapon? I think a gun that shot snakes would really catch people off guard. I like... I, I, imagine, I imagine Ryan in like the, the, the most dangerous game being like the hunter's like, I'm waiting to hunt the most dangerous game of all man and then ryan's like well, what about like a bear that had like a scorpion tail and could fly like 
but this, <laughs> but also the spirit of a human. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Guns don't kill people. Snakes do. You're right, Jim. So unnecessary and yet so lethal. And also because you know when they came out, they'd wiggle in the air. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, awesome. and you can't get out the way of that. You can't serpentine that because they're already no, serpents. Serpentine. They're coming at you. There's no way. Same energy. Same energy, bro. Same There's energy. There's no way. And a rocket There's no a way. Oh, shit. That's the t-shirt. Ryan, that's the shirt. It's just a dude shooting a snake gun into the tagline. There's just no way. <laughs> I don't remember what my perfect murder weapon was now. Because now mm-hmm. I just want a snake gun. All my troubles. No one's going to fuck with me. Dude's got a <laughs> snake gun? No way. How do, you, how do you communicate that this gun is full of snakes? <laughs> right? No, oh. you don't. You, they're not. It's, you got to catch them off guard. Well, yeah, no. Snake then, gun's because... the only gun that hisses. It's a gun that's so dangerous, you would wish they had a regular gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like you... Snake gun? Not <laughs> fair. <laughs> No fair. You would beg God for them to have a regular gun because they have a snake gun instead. You would just, you would be like, please be real, God. Give them a real gun. It'd almost be worth it if the NRA could just look at me like, we've gone too far. You know, like, (laughs) that's it. That's what's going to do it. You're right. This is the rock bottom alcoholics hit to realize they got to get their life clean. That's the moment that they finally realize, hey man, we, we need some regulation. <laughs> also, the ammunition store would be bonkers. <laughs> it would be the combination snake gun store and aquarium. Like you'd be like, you can get a gecko, you can get yeah. a beta, or you can get yeah. some snake gun ammo, which are it would just, just be, snakes. It would be so cool to finally, like when you go to buy a snake, have them ask, and for what purpose? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the assumption, I have to make sure that yeah. you're going to use the snake response. It has to be like, now, what, yeah. how are you using it? Yeah, exactly. I need your certificate of intent for the snake gun. <laughs> oh, I'm just a goth magician who needs a new way to mind read people. <laughs> I want that. I want that on a business card, goth magician. Like, well, no questions. No one will question that. It says here, eight years ago in Idaho, you used a snake and a snake gun. So now I'm kind of <laughs> worried about it. I, but I, I just use it to hunt. I, I, I yeah, I know. That's true. You no. use your snake gun responsibly. <laughs> I just want to, I just think venison tastes better if it dies terrified. <laughs> yeah, you can really, you can really, uh, this, this beef is grass fed and snake killed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how you know, that's how you know it's prime that's what wagyu is people don't know that and that's how they wouldn't be able to figure it out they'd be like man yeah. all the bullets here are gone somebody yeah ate they're them. gone because and but we have all these snake skeletons we don't know we, what that's about yeah like a but we figure probably dinosaurs it's not our business i don't know how old this land is i like that we didn't begin this stream discussing uh, literature and now we're down to snake gun CJ, you knew this was where this was gonna go. I know. You knew snake right? guns would come up eventually. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good on that. I'm from Melon, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, snake guns to me, baby. Yeah. All right. So, final thoughts. Uh, Paige, where are you at right now with murder? Um, I really think because of this conversation, I kind of started out being like, I don't know if I can use murder in my everyday life, but now that we've talked about it. Actually, there's like a lot of really practical applications to it, um, to being deceptive to my loved ones and to others (laughs) that I think I could really, I could actually bring in a little bit more. Like every time I'm talking to CJ and I'm always like, I love you. You're one of my best friends. Like, I just think you're incredible. And then I'm like, actually, that is me like kind of deluding him and I'm going to get him to like do a murder for me. Oh, okay. I I feel safe around you. Yeah. And then, like, Ryan, all the times that I haven't okay. gaslit Ryan, I need to start doing that a little bit more. <laughs> we Again, should all be gaslighting Ryan more often. Yeah, but if you're going to gaslight me, gently wake me up first. <laughs> <laughs> you require a pre-gaslight. I have, yeah, I just put a little gas in my mouth and then gaslight me. <laughs> Ryan, okay. where are you at with murder? I think I want to do one. because it just seems like what's the worst that could happen kind of right i mean it either goes well or it doesn't and if you either way you got a great story um that's true there's only two ways out of murder 
You're either yeah. successful or you're not. It worked yeah, the, or it didn't. The one thing I think a lot about how rare Murder, is though, that? Yeah, it's very rare. Life. And I think a lot about how if you were to do it successfully, you could never tell anyone. Yeah. Like yeah. Like that that had to have been what killed the Zodiac. Yeah. Like just the fact that he couldn't tell anyone. Like that yeah. had to be it. Like I don't Wouldn't know. It'd be amazing if the Zodiac would just like start a YouTube page, like, hey guys, what's up? My name is Todd. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm 75. I was the Zodiac killer. And I just I'm sick of fucking ha- hiding, man. I can't I do worked it real fucking hard on that. <laughs> you didn't catch me. I caught myself. <laughs> So smash Idiot. that like button. <laughs> so smash that like and subscribe. Uh, hit up my link tree. Uh, come follow me on TikTok. It's just murder talk. Uh, Zodiac killer. We'll talk all week. Oh, Zodiac Lord talk. Almighty. Oh, CJ, where are you at on murder? Well, I guess in, when it comes to the comedian person bragging, I think I'm just going to start waking Ryan up in the middle of the night being like, hey, I committed a murder and got away with it. And you're not. <laughs> and then just... Doing that randomly throughout his life and seeing if he's just as cool about it as he claims to be. <laughs> just, just to throw it uh, Hey, man, just yeah. keeping you honest, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And then, and I um, do want to say, yeah, to, no, to, the, to, the, to the point, uh, this was all fun. Don't kill anybody. <laughs> we just all pretend with our crazy make ups because we're the cast of Hitchcocktails, so we do fake murders on stage while drinking. 10 years. How does that feel? 10 years. Paige, have you been doing it for 10 years? No, I think I've only been doing it for like four or five. Yeah. Four or five years? Okay, so you're like half excited. 100%. Ryan, how about you? How long have you been doing Hitchcocktails? My wife and I have been together for nine years, and she's another person in the show. So it feels like I've been doing it my whole life, how much... (laughs) I've had to hear about it. No, um, no, I've been doing it for five years. <laughs> Keep it. You're selling it. Keep going. <laughs> five years. I've been doing it for five years, and I love it. It's felt like a hundred because of how much fun it is. CJ, you created it, so you're ten years all in. Yeah, and Cynthia, his wife, has been for ten years, and gosh, I'm still not tired of hearing her talk about it. So, so CJ, where did this come from? Like, how did this start? Oh, uh, yeah, we, I was thinking of a couple of improvised genre shows. And then uh, Stephanie uh, Mercola at Second City, who's the music director, kind of gave me an opportunity to pitch something. And we said, like, what's the best genre for improv? And me and uh, Caleb George were talking about it. And we said suspense, because suspense, you at the front load. Ryan, let me explain this. You have to <laughs> tell the audience what the characters Ryan, think get is in going on to this. happen. And then uh, Hitchcock compares it by there's a bomb under a table. It's only scary if you know there's a bomb under the table and people sit at it and you're in suspense to wait to see if it goes off. What if the table talked and told you there was a bomb there? Is that suspense? No, that's a Pixar film. So that idea of anticipation, that means the improviser has to put the information in the first scene. And a lot of improvisers are sometimes hesitant to name things. They're hesitant to say, we're here. This is you. I'm here. So suspense forces you to front load. And so we thought that, and then we brought in the alcohol component be like, we have to front load because once we're as drunk as I am right now, it's hard to create details outside of snake gun being a good idea. God damn it. Every fucking show now, someone needs to bring out a snake gun, right? <laughs> I'm going to come see this show. And if there's not yeah. a snake gun, I'm going to TikTok about it. Oh, <laughs> the ultimate threat. And now yeah. I'm scared that you've warned me about that. And I'm going to stay up nervous about this potential that I don't know when's going to come. And the anticipation is the scary. Ryan, are you write this down? The anticipation is the scary part. Yeah, it's Chekhov's snake gun. We've all read it. We all went no, to college. I won't be taking any notes about this. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, like, the sooner so I can forget about this, thanks to NyQuil, the better. So shots. All right, so this has been happening, man. Like, like, how do you feel? Like, are you excited about 10 years? Or are you like, all right, it's done. We're done with it. Like, what do you feel? Oh, super excited. Like, we have a cast of, like, 20 people who can do the show now. So, like, a lot of rotation. So, it had potential to go really far, you know, uh, even when I get too old to drink every week. Where I'm already in. And right. uh, so, but, you know, we have a lot of young people coming up who are just fantastic. I love that you're uh, going like through cast members because you're like, well, some of us are too old now to drink every night, but you, you're fresh. Get in there. We have, we have, a, we have a second show Walk for the your liver. Yeah, you have two yeah. shows. Yeah. Holy shit, in a row. Clued in. Uh, well, we have two shows that night on Friday, uh, May 19th. Right. Uh, I'll be in the first show, and you two will be in the second show? I think yeah, so. we're in the 10 o'clock. 
Yeah. And the 10 o'clock, if you want to see the new people in H, it's a show I like to go, oops, old knuckleheads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's so just say one. we all know what suspense is. <laughs> <laughs> and if we don't, someone's going to tell us when we're not you know, expecting it. Uh, all right, everybody, tell me one more time. When's the show? May 19th, May 20th, right? Yep. Right. That'd be the 10 year. But once again, we're every, if you, if you know, not in Chicago that weekend, if you're ever in Chicago, we're every Friday, 10 o'clock at the Annoying Theater. Got a lot of stuff online now. Hitchcocktails.com. You can find it there. Or on our Instagram, we'll give you links to all the podcasts we're going to be in this week and the next week. CJ, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Paige. Thank you, Ryan. This has been a damn blast. Uh, if you haven't heard, the show is called Hitchcocktails. And it's at the Annoyance. It's their 10-year anniversary, May 19th and 20th. And uh, it's here in Chicago. So you in the chat from Texas, get on a fucking plane and get the fuck down here and bring your snake gun. You can put that on a plane. It's legal here. It's going to be taxed, though, and they will register. Mm. Yeah. As they should, because snake guns are dangerous. And if for some reason anyone gives you a hard time about it, we have uh, bins in the airport where you can actually put your snake gun. Yeah, it's a snake gun amnesty bin. (laughs) No one really knows where it goes after that. But it goes to families in need. Special thanks to the Barracudas for their kick-ass song, Promises. That's what you're hearing right now in the background. That's what they've been playing for me and with me since 2016, around the time a certain mystery genre improv group won Best Improv Sketch Group in the City, according to Chicago Reader. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about Hitchcocktails. Congratulations, you kids. You crazy nerds. You nailed it. You're 10 years old. You can officially get a big wheel. Good job, little buddies. Anyway, don't forget to go see their show, May 19th and 20th, two-day celebration at the Annoyance Theater and Bar, 851 West Belmont Avenue in Chicago. I will be there, and so should you. Um, in the meantime, though, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm done for the day, man. Two episodes in a day, that's a lot. Come follow me in all the things. Come get you a cameo from me, because I'm on cameo, and you've got friends that are fans of me, and you want to send them something special that you don't have to think about. Let me do that for you. All the uh, links are down below. Just click them. Whew. I am going to go. Yeah, I'm going to call it. This is a good day. I'm going to go get drunk. Er, than I already am. Twist! Ha <laughs> ha! Mystery. Snake gun! I give up.